Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 29. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In boot camp, if you miss, y'all know I know what I'm talking about. If you miss three, four days, um, you get set back a week, and now you got to go to a different company. So I got set back. I finally do graduate, and my mother, she comes, and of course, all family members come. My mother, she comes from Philadelphia. She flies to Chicago. I graduated from Great Lakes um, in Chicago, and my mom comes from Philadelphia to be with me to see me graduate. So we're walking by, and there's, you know, all the different you know, groups that are, you know, walking, passing by in review in these troops. And I am the flag bearer. I remember that. I was a flag bearer. I was proud. Okay. I was a flag bearer. Y'all know in boot camp, you know, you're 18 years old and they ask you to be the flag bearer. It's like, oh man, y'all know I am the bomb. Y'all know. Uh, it's... So the flag bearer is the guy who's right up front. He's got the flag and he's bearing the flag for his particular company. So we are marching and we're passing in review. And all of a sudden we, we see this lady like way in the distance. And she's like standing in the middle of the street doing like this. She's I'm like, I'm like, going, I'm going, whose, whose mother is that? Man, is that woman crazy? What is she doing? She's a weirdo. I'm like, tell, pass it back. Weirdo in the street, weirdo in the street. And all of a sudden I go, that's my mom. I'm like, mom, get out the street. It's not cool. You're embarrassing me. And you're 18 years old. You don't know. And you're embarrassed. So I, I kind of get this scene as they're passing by in review. And, and the, that was really, I will never forget that story. That was like 25, how many years ago was that, honey? I, good Lord. I was in the military 13 years. That would have been 40 years ago. Ooh. No, 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 no. 37. Who said that? Mark, you smart. You is smart. You is kind, <laughs> and you's a good boy. <laughs> you are smart. I couldn't, I couldn't do that math. Say my, but it's at 37 years. You're right. And so my mom is standing in the street. I'm like, I, I get this, that they're passing in review. So there's thousands of men, and they're going by, and David and his men came by in the rear behind King Achish. So King Achish is up front. David and his, y'all stay with me, his 600 distressed, uh, discontent, and in-debt men come marching behind um, King Achish. And this is a place, again, David thought he'd never be ready to fight against his own people. As they're marching, you got to wonder, at least I wonder, what David's men are thinking. 
David, what have you gotten us into? We're in a battle against our own people. We're walking side by side with the enemy to slaughter our own people. Look at verse 3. The Philistine leaders said, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achis said, this is David, the servant of Saul. He defected to our side. He's been here and been a faithful fighter for us. I haven't seen any sign that he's a traitor of any kind. He's turned into one of us. Now, I've said this in the past, haven't I? The unbelievers know exactly how believers ought to act, don't they? The unbeliever knows exactly what a believer should and should not be doing, even though they are doing what they should not be doing. But you're a Christian. You claim to be a Christian. And if you claim to be a Christian, then the unbeliever has every right to expect you to behave like a Christian. Even though they're not. So unbeliever look at you and go, what you doing in the club? I thought you were a Christian. Ain't y'all going to church tomorrow morning? Don't y'all Christians go to church on Sunday? What you doing in the club? It's like uh, 11 o'clock at night. Shouldn't you be getting ready for church in the morning? Church. In the morning? They know what you should. What you doing drinking? You ain't supposed to be drinking. What you doing buying a lottery ticket from 7-Eleven? <laughs> I'm just working. I'm working right up here. I'm working. What you doing buying a lottery ticket? You ain't supposed to be buying no lottery ticket. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Say amen. You ain't supposed to be doing that. But see, the unbeliever, they know what you should be doing. And they will remind you what you should be doing, where you should be. Well, look at verse 4. The Philistine leader said, what's up with that? And they were angry with Achish. And they said, we're not having this. Send him away and don't allow him to go to battle with us because he might turn on us. They're like, are you kidding me? How do we know that David and his 600 now battle-hardened men won't turn on us? What better way for him to reconcile with Saul than to see our heads rolling down the street? They said, listen, Achish, put your thinking cap on. This is David. This is the same guy that's had the number one single for like 12 years. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. People have been singing that song forever. You know, it's like Louie Louie. I'm right about it. Louis, Louis, Louis. Oh, we well, gotta go now. What to say? What to say, y'all? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody knows it. Everybody knew this song, and they knew the song. And they said, listen, this guy, everybody knows this guy. Everybody, he's, he's, he's popular. He's had this, it's been like 12 years that this number one single has been on top in the charts. And now you have him marching with us. It doesn't make sense. We're not having it. We'll look at verse six. Achish called David and said, man, you got to go. You've been a good servant with me, but the Philistine leadership don't like you. And verse seven, therefore you have to go, go, peace out. Now, remember, this whole Achish thing and being with the Philistines was a ruse from the beginning. So David can't say, that's great. 
All right. David said in verse eight, what he's got to keep. Are y'all getting that? He's got to keep up the acting. He's got to keep up the rules. What have I done? Achish, why don't you like me? Why don't you like me anymore? David said, what have I done? That I might not go fight against you and, and the enemies of, I had y'all underline this, my Lord, the king. Wow. How far have you fallen, David? Think about that. My enemies. David is calling his own people his enemies. And he's calling Achish his king. Last I checked, wasn't Jesus the king? And are your brothers and sisters your enemies? They're not your enemies. They might be acting like your enemies, but they're not really your enemies. I was talking to my wife about this today. The real enemy is the enemy. Satan, the devil. But these are David's brothers and sisters, and yet he's calling them his enemies. David, wrong enemy, wrong king. And that's what happens when you're carnal. That's what happens when you're backslidden. Huh? You ain't heard that word in a while, have you? Backslidden. That's what happens. David, for David, this performance and award goes to the shepherd boy. David has been doing a lot of acting around Achish. Oh, you remember chapter two. David acted like a crazy man and drooled his way out of the city. Don't you remember? Achish said, get out of here. I got enough nuts in the kingdom. Well, chapter 27, David acting when he came to Gath, asking for a small place to live. And now chapter 29, David is acting when he said, what have I done? I want to serve you. I want to go to battle with you and fight the enemies of my Lord, the king. And you got to wonder, his men must be freaking out. They're watching David's life and it's a bad witness. And at this point, David is stumbling these men. Well, in verses 9 through 11, Achish says, David, You've been as an angel of God to me, which I find is really interesting. You've been like an angel of God. You know what that tells me? That tells me that we see one thing. God sees another. He sees David as an angel of God, when in fact, David is a liar, a cheat, deceptive, clandestine, compromising his walk with the Lord. Y'all need to listen to me. Carnal, fleshy, selfish. Because he's endangering the lives of a lot of people. His sin is going to cause the harm of a lot of people. I won't give it away. I'm just telling you for now. Achis says, oh, you're an angel from God. And God says, no, he's not. No, he's not. You'll see later. Although the Philistine leaders, they don't, they, he said, they don't know you, so they don't want you. So in the morning, you need to pack up your bags. You need to get going. Verse 11, in the morning, early, David got up, went back to the city of Ziklag, and the Philistines went to Jezreel, which brings us to chapter 30. Saints, if you're looking at chapter 30 in verse 1, I need you to say amen like you mean it. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and did what, saints? 
And they had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. And they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. And then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices, and they wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam, and the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed for the people, spoke of stoning him. <laughs> These guys want to kill him. Why? Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, now saints underline this, but David did what? Strengthen himself in the Lord his God. This is critical. This is the line of demarcation. This is the place where everything changes. Well, then David said to Abathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephod. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. And so David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I take them? And he answered him, pursue. He who God answered him and said, go pursue for you shall surely overtake them. And without fear fail, you'll get back your stuff. And David went, he and 600 men with him who were with him and came to the brook Bezor where those who stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men. Why? Because 200 men stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Bezor. Saying, stop right there. Give me your attention. David and his men are tired, and they have traveled three days to get back to Ziglag, to get back home, if you will. And they find the Amalekites had invaded Ziklag, and they burned it with fire. Now listen, the Amalekites know that the Philistines and Israel are facing off. They're standing ready to battle each other. They know that. So it's a great time to get revenge on David because David and his 600 men, as they were moving throughout the land, were raiding the Amalekite strongholds and killing Amalekite men and women and children. And so they know that David and his army are gone and Achish and his army is gone. So it's a perfect time to get revenge. Now, listen, this is very important. If Saul had obeyed the Lord when there was when God told him how to handle y'all know where I'm going, don't you? When, if Saul had obeyed the Lord when, when God told him through the prophet Samuel to wipe out all the Amalekites, this scene wouldn't be taking place. The Amalekites aren't even supposed to be in the picture at this time. Now, you know from chapter 15, if you want to turn there and peruse around, you can. But chapter 15, you don't have to. God told Saul to kill all the Amalekites for what they did to Israel. Now, what did they do to Israel that made God so angry? Well, earlier, listen, when the people of God were leaving Egypt, the Amalekites attacked Israel and brutally tortured and beat them and killed them. And God hates it. Listen, God hates it when innocent, helpless people who can't defend themselves are attacked. So God told Saul through Samuel to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And God said, kill every man. Y'all know the story. We, we just, what, how many chapters ago was that? 11, 12, math, math man. How many? <laughs> how many? 13. Amen. You're handy. 
you is smart. It's a great movie. So chapter 15, 13 chapters ago, God said, kill every man, woman, infant, and nursing child, oxen, sheep, camel, donkey, wipe them out completely, don't leave a trace. God couldn't have been more clear. Well, chapter 15, right about verse 13, Samuel came to Saul and said, did you do all that I commanded Saul? Did you do everything? Did you wipe all of the Amalekites out? Everything. And Saul said, absolutely. You know the story. Samuel says, Saul, are you sure you did everything God said? Saul said, absolutely, cross my heart, hurt thigh. I did everything that God said. Samuel said, you sure? You sure? You wiped out everything and everyone, sure. Samuel said, then why do I hear sheep making sheep noise in the background? And why do I hear oxen making oxen noise in the background? Samuel said, this is not good. This is bad. I won't do it again. I promise. <laughs> I do that every time. <laughs> and Samuel, he looks over and he says, who is this guy? And Saul said, oh, that's Agag. He's the king of the Amalekites. I took him as a trophy. And, and, and Samuel, and Sam, I'm, if I was, oh God, what I, what I would do for a DVD. Samuel probably said, ay, 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 oh, this is going from bad to worse. Oh, that's just Agag. I kept him. I mean, I got to take something. And Samuel said, I thought you told me you did everything. He said, well, you know, I kept saying, well, not everything. I just held on to one little king. I mean, what's, what's the problem? And this is where we get that context or the phrase, the context phrase, rebellion is as witchcraft. Rebellion is as witchcraft. In other words, if you are walking in rebellion, that is the same as witchcraft in the sight of God. Because disobedience is disobedience. I don't care which piece of the pie you cut it from. It's disobedience. Rebellion is just like witchcraft. See, we put our sin on a scale. Well, stealing a Snickers bar is certainly not as bad as homosexuals. And the homosexuals are certainly not as bad as the pedophiles. And the pedophiles are certainly not as bad as the uh, serial killers. We scale sin out. God does not do that. And you should stop that. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It's the same thing. You're rebelling against God. Well, 1 Samuel 15, 32, Samuel said, bring the king here to me. And this old prophet Sammy, you got to love him. He took the sword and without hesitation, he raised that sword and he hacked Agag to pieces. And he probably did a really clean job because Samuel was a priest who officiated thousands of animal sacrifices. And Samuel knew how to use a blade to cut the flesh. Amen. But he never did it on a person, but he knew how to do it. Now, if Saul had obeyed God again and killed the Amalekites, this scene 
that has happened here of people being taken captive would have never taken place. And at the risk of sounding redundant, I told you that the Amalekites, you got your pen? I told you that the Amalekites in scripture represent sin and your flesh. And it's important to cut sin off in your life quickly. Somebody say amen. Romans 8 tells us to mortify the deeds of the flesh, doesn't it? The Bible doesn't say turn over a new leaf on life concerning the flesh. The Bible doesn't say rehab the flesh. The Bible doesn't say reform the flesh. The Bible doesn't say resurrect the flesh. The Bible says put it to death. Now question, is there something in your life that God has shown you to get rid of? Is there something in your life is there an agag in your life that God has shown you you need to hack it to pieces? Because it's the flesh. Again, the Amalekites, agag, represents the flesh. Is there something God has shown you that you need to get rid of but you haven't dealt with? Something you need to hack to pieces. Maybe the thing that needed to be hacked is that someone that God has shown you isn't healthy for your relationship with him. Maybe bitterness or envy or jealousy or covetousness. All of these things are the flesh. And you can't allow that agag to live in your mind. Here's how it works, and then we're going to move on. If you don't kill your agag, your agag will kill you. And that's what we're going to see when we get into chapter 1 of 2 Samuel. If you don't kill your Agag, your Agag will kill you. So what you need to be asking God is, God, what is my Agag? Are y'all hearing me? God, what's my Agag? What is it is that thing that I need to hack it to pieces because it is keeping me from reaching you? It is keeping me from getting to that good plan and purpose that God has for your life. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. The thoughts that are good and they're not evil to give you a future and to give you a hope. God is not the author of confusion. If you feel confused, that's not the Lord. That is the devil. And that just simply means something needs to get hacked. You need to get to hacking something. I don't know what it is, but you need to get to hacking it. And if you don't know what it is, then you ask God. You notice, David, I'm getting ahead of myself. David inquired of the Lord. David goes from walking in the flesh, complete disobedience, complete rebellion. You name it, David was doing it to saying, enough is enough. I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And all of a sudden, we read, he inquired of the Lord. Finally. And when he inquired of the Lord, guess what? Thank you. God answered. He says, if you seek me, you'll find me. The problem is we're not seeking him. We want him to tell us what we want to hear. So we don't seek him. We ask him and then we walk away before he gives the answer. Because if you seek the Lord, I don't know about you, but I know what my Bible says. If you seek the Lord, you will find him. You will find him. What's your agag? I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know. 
you know. And if you're honest with yourself, you know. And God will help you. You don't have to do the hacking by yourself. He's given us the spirit. We can do all things through Christ because he strengthens us. You don't have to do it by yourself. Look at verse 2. Chapter 30. Look at verse 2. The Amalekites didn't kill anybody, but they took the women and the children. They carried them away. In verse 3, when David and his men got to the city, it was burned with fire, and all their women and children, boys and girls, were gone. Here's something we can take away from here. No guard, no fortress, no watchman can make you secure if you're outside of God's will. Psalm 127.1, write it down, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, somebody read it with me. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Listen, no fortress, no watchman, no guard, no, no, nothing can make you secure if you're outside of God's will. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.